We've been going through the book of John, kind of like a big bus tour. And what we've been doing in this tour is we've been jumping off at points of interest. And uh, the first week we looked at the whole book of John. Then we came back the following week, we jumped off on the um, issue of signs or miracles in the book of John. And we looked through John to see how that impacted the book. Then we came back the following week and we jumped off on the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. And we kind of showed through scripture last week again what that means for Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God. And uh, this morning we're going to jump off again. And we're going to take a look. Turn to John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. That's been our foundational books uh, passage so far in this series. Um, that really has gives us the foundation of the book, the real pillars of the book, and what we've covered so far. I'm looking forward in a couple weeks, as you know, I won't be on the pulpit next few weeks, but um, looking forward to coming back and then really jumping off this summer and digging in deep to the upper room discourse. Uh, Jesus' words to his followers before he went back to be with the Father. And so uh, that's going to be an exciting portion of the book. But this morning, we're going to look at this. The part of this book, uh, let, let me read, he says in verse 30 of, of 20, Therefore, many other signs, miracles, basically we learn those signs are, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, the book of John. But these signs, these miracles have been written so that, here's the reason they were written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing you may have life in his name. The desired outcome of the book of John is not just a new theology about Jesus, but it's about people entering into the life of Jesus through faith. And this morning, my hope is, is to open up a little bit more of a window of what that means. We see throughout the book of John, repeatedly, and if you've been reading the book, you keep on seeing repeatedly this message, believe in Jesus and you'll have life. Believe in Jesus and you'll have life. We all know the most famous one, John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is, that's what the book is about. I want to show you one other example of that, and then we're going to open up this word believe. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 40. John 6, verse 40, says this. For this is the will of my Father, and by the way, this is Jesus speaking, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son 
and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Again, you're beholding Jesus and believing in him. And this says you'll get eternal life and on the last day you'll be raised up. Now what it doesn't say is this. Everybody who beholds the church and goes regularly and gives regularly and serves regularly and relies upon that will somehow be okay with God and get eternal life. That isn't what it says. It says you need to behold Jesus and believe in him and you'll have eternal life. It doesn't even say if you behold the right denomination or you go through all the rites. It doesn't say if you behold God's laws and try to live them, and if you believe in that and you really work hard at it, you'll have life. That isn't what it says. It says if you behold Jesus. You see, and what's your heart beholding today? Are you beholding, I'm a churchgoer, I'm a religious person, I'm a good person, I'm doing good deeds? Is that what your eyes are on and that is what you're trusting in? Or are your eyes on Jesus and what he did at the cross? And that's what I'm beholding. That's what's filling my mind. That's filling my heart. And that's whom I am believing. According to this passage, if that's where you're at, you have eternal life. And on the last day, the promise is, is that Jesus himself will raise you from the dead. Now it's easy, I get it at this point, to check out of this message. Because you're gonna say, I've heard it a million times. Believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. I'm gonna tell you the reason why not to check out at this point. Yes, you're gonna hear it for the millionth and first time today. So uh, you are gonna hear it again. But here's the truth of the scripture when we study the Bible, especially the New Testament. We learn that the gospel that we're saved by is the same gospel that we live the whole Christian life by. So many people miss that. They kind of, they, so how, how do we get saved? Basically, a person comes to the place where they acknowledge and admit that the standard that God has set for man to live up to, which is basically his holiness, his perfection that we see in Jesus, that if a person falls short of that, they're guilty of sin and condemned really to an eternity apart from God. So we come and we admit, God, I'm a sinner. And rather than trying harder to be good enough, I turn from myself, this is what they call repentance, it's turning. I turn from myself and my efforts and I turn to Jesus and the cross and what he did for me. And when I rely upon that, I get eternal life that very moment. That's the gospel. Now let me tell you how it works out for you and me in a daily life. Because as we read this book, we find out for us that are children of God that have this new life, that God has called us to live a certain way. And when you understand the depths of what he's called us to, you find out that's not just hard, that's impossible. 
When you look at a person in my own body and flesh and who I am, seeking to live the way that God has called me to live, I look and I say, I can never do that. So what does the Christian life look like? I say, God, I admit and I confess, I can never be enough of what you want me to be today. So rather than trying harder and working more, I turn from myself and I turn to Jesus and I'm trusting and believing Jesus to do a miracle in my life to express the life of Jesus through me so that when I live my daily life, it's, it's really not a life of imitation, it's a life of incarnation. It's the indwelling Christ living his life out through us. And so it's, the whole Christian life is built on the gospel. And understanding belief is not just important for getting into the kingdom, it's important for living daily in the kingdom. So my goal this morning is to open up to you more what that looks like. Here's another way to say it. I kind of put it on an overhead. The same way in the past that we put faith in the crucified Jesus to save us from the penalty of sin, in the present we must put faith in the resurrected Jesus to save us from the power of sin. That's the Christian life. Believing is foundational. And so this isn't just a message about how to get saved. You say, I'm already saved, I, I, I know that. This is a message, how do I live my life daily? Now there may be some here today that don't know Jesus and you're gonna learn today how to get this life, but there's those who know Jesus and the big error in the book of Galatians, he says, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? You began in the spirit, why are you now trying to perfect yourself in the flesh? And so many Christians come to the place where they come to know Jesus by faith, but then they take it on from there, I gotta do all the right stuff to grow and be a good Christian. No, the gospel we're saved by is the gospel we live by. The good news is Jesus Christ. God himself came to earth, took on a body, lived a perfect life, went to the cross, took on my sin and yours, and he died to pay the price of that, and he rose again to give us new life. That's the gospel. But man's response to the gospel is believing. And so believing is our response to get saved to what Jesus did, our growing and living in Christ daily, our response is to believe in what Jesus did, what he says is true of us today, and what he will do in my life today, and what he will do in the future. So let's move on. What is this belief? Hopefully I've convinced you this is important. Don't tune out. This, this is big for us all today to understand what it means to live by faith. So what does biblical believing mean? Now, it's a two-sided coin. It's important we understand it's got two sides to the coin. Most people get the first side right. 
It's the second side of the coin where they fall short. The first side of the coin is this. There's a truth that is presented in front of me. And I intellectually and theologically agree and accept that truth. They believe it. Oh yeah, I believe that. I agree with that. That's true. Yes, Jesus did do that. Yes, that is who he is. So there's an intellectual and a theological agreement and acceptance of the truths. But that's only one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is this. I believe that truth to the point that I depend and rely upon it. That's big. And that's where most Christians, especially in the Christian life, miss the boat because they believe the truths in the Bible, but they're working hard to live the life rather than relying upon Jesus and believing the truths and believing that he'll do exactly what he said. So there's two sides to the coin, and I'm going to try to display it over and over again this morning. Yes, there is a mental, an intellectual, a theological agreement and acceptance of the facts, but it's an agreement to the point that I rely upon that truth for my life, and I depend upon it. I bet my life on it. I build my life around it. I walk on it. That is biblical faith. I put up a definition, maybe a little bit too technical, but uh, I tried to cover the whole thing, put it again in a PowerPoint. I'll put it down in simple words for you in just a second, but basically this. Biblical faith means I'm persuaded and accepting the truthfulness or the reality of who Jesus is, what he says, what he has done or does, to the point that I rely and depend upon him and obey him for those truths that I'm persuaded of and accepting. You know, and I'm not saying here obedience, because some people say, wait a minute, are you saying we gotta obey to, you know, Obedience is really a fruit, an aspect of faith. Because if Jesus says, don't go that way, and if I believe what he's saying to the point that I'm relying, depending on it, guess what? I'm going to obey him. I'm not going to go that way because Jesus says, go this way. Romans chapter 1, verse 4, I think it talks about the obedience of faith. So obedience is an outgrowth of faith. It isn't obedience that gets you saved. It's faith that gets you saved, but the outfruit, the fruit of that, you are going to rely and depend and obey Jesus. So this is my simple statement. If I want to remember it in simple words, because nobody will remember what I just said, it's this. Biblical faith, biblical dependence, biblical reliance, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's believing to the point of reliance. Believing to the point of reliance. Most stop with the believing. It's believing to the point of reliance. Think you can say that with me? I didn't even put on an overhead. I'm gonna trust you guys to get this one. Believing to the point of reliance. Believing to the point of reliance. One more time, real good and strong, like you believe it. How does that sound? Like you believe it. Say it like you believe it. Believing to the point 
of reliance. That is biblical faith. But like I said, so many stop with just believing, agreeing. I believe that truth, yes. I agree with that. And so we believe Jesus. And when we do, we get life. But I want to propose this this morning. For the Christian to experience that life on a daily basis, you need to believe Jesus today. <laughs> I believe Jesus in the past, what he did, but I got to believe the spirit of Jesus and now lives in me and what he is going to do in my life. And so believing is the means to get life. Believing is the means to experiencing God's life in our daily walk. What's was true for us when we were lost, or if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, that we put our faith in Jesus to deliver us from the penalty of sin. We need to put our faith today in the person of Jesus to deliver us from the power of sin in our daily lives. You know, I hear people say sometimes, you know, they're struggling. They say, you know, and I might bring them to a verse, not trying to beat them up with the Bible, but just saying, you know, here, here's some helpful truth for you. And they'll go, ah, I know that stuff already. It doesn't work. And I love what the, my predecessor, Bill Johnson said. He used to repeat this all the time. He says, yeah, it's true. It does not work. He does. You see the difference? <laughs> this stuff doesn't work. You're trusting a person. You're not trusting a bunch of stuff. I'm trusting that God, what he said, will do what he said. And many Christians say, I believe that, and it's not working, and so they just quit at that point, and they're not believing to the point that they're relying and depending and actually obeying what he's saying, because I really believe what he's saying. Actually, um, Abraham displayed this kind of faith. Now, remember the story of Abraham, uh, 100 years old, and his wife was 90 years old and barren. Now, barren's important because it wasn't she was just 90 and never had children. She was 90 and not able to have children. There was something physically going on that prevented her from having the ability to have children. Yet God said to Abraham, you're going to become the father of a multitude of children. So, man, isn't that our God? He loves to put us in impossible situations. Say, this is what I'm going to do. And so when we read Romans 4, and I put it up here for you to see, this was what it says about Abraham's faith. With respect to the promise of God, he didn't waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So I want to keep on fine-tuning this belief a little bit. Because it's not just believing the truth. It's not just believing the fact, it's not just believing the verse, and it's 
not just believing that to the point that I'm relying upon it, my faith is in the person who made that promise, the person who stated that spiritual fact, and that God in his written word has said, this is what's true of you, and this is what I will do for you. And so now, a lot of Christians, again, they stop with the Bible, and my trust is in the word of God, which I trust in the word of God. But guess what? Abraham's faith was not just in the word and the promise of God, he trusted this, that the God who said that promise can do what he said he'll do. Even if I'm 100 years old and my wife has been barren for 90 years, I believe that God can do it. So biblical faith is not just agreeing with the facts and saying, yeah, I agree with that, yeah, that's true. But it's doing it to the point of relying upon that truth and the person who's behind that truth that he himself is able to do what he said he can do. I want to try to illustrate it. Some of you have seen this illustration before, and uh, I, I think it's worth it. Uh, hopefully today I can do it again in a way that will uh, be helpful. But I want to illustrate it not only for getting saved, but also for people that are believers in Jesus. And so what I want to do is come down here, and I'm going to use this side wall to illustrate biblical faith. Let me put this here. So, this is me. And I'm standing on my own two legs right now. I'm depending and relying upon my legs to hold me up. And this one leg represents who I am. This other leg represents uh, what I do. This wall represents Jesus Christ. Who he is and what he does. Now, we all know John 3.16. I put it up there, if you don't. For God so loved the world. This is what God said. It's written in his word. And God said, I so love you. I so love this world that I put your name in there. Person, I so love you that he gave his only son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him, and by the way, we know that means he gave him to die for us, at the cross to pay for our sins, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus and what he did and promised to the point that they actually rely upon him and what he did, uh, they shall have eternal life. And so here's Jesus and his promise. He did the work. He already died for me. He's the one that's there. So what saying faith is, you know, here's me. I'm depending on myself, trying to come to know God, and I'm trying to be good and religious and moral and all those other kinds of things and doing good deeds. That's who I am and what I do, and I'm relying upon that. And this is what saying faith looks like. There's a difference between saying faith and saving faith. Saying faith is, I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that if I put my faith in him, I'll have eternal life. That doesn't save me. 
See, I agree with those facts. But you want to know when I transfer my trust from myself to Jesus, who's holding me up now? You see, if Jesus doesn't get, come through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall. I'll tell you what, if my sneakers keep slipping, I'm going to fall too. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that I've transferred my trust from myself and who I am and what I can do, and I'm putting it totally, I'm relying upon now, I'm no longer trusting myself, I've turned to my, from myself, and now I'm trusting Jesus. One's a saying faith, one's a saving faith. Believers, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, what? I live by faith in the Son of God. Here it is, believers. Our whole life is the fact that Jesus now lives in me, and the way I respond to that is I live by faith in the Jesus who lives in me. And so as Christians, many of us do what? This is who I am and what I do. And so we are working real hard we're going to the Bible studies, we're praying more, we're getting in a small group, we're doing all the stuff. Say, that's not where maybe if I start giving, that'll even help, you know. So we're, we're doing everything we can thinking, you know, the power of sin has still got my life. It's not, it, it, and so we're trying to live better. We're depending on who we are and what we can do. Jesus says, guess what? The life that I now live in this body I live in dependence and reliance upon Jesus. And now I'm going to believe the indwelling Christ. I've stopped relying upon what I can do. And I'm relying totally upon the person who lives in me, that he's going to work a miracle in and through me in such a way that the only explanation for my life is God himself. You see, I call that sanctifying faith. This is saving faith when I say, oh yeah, I believe that truth, but it doesn't work. It's not working because you're not relying upon it. And not relying upon it is the truth. More importantly, am I relying upon him, the person of Jesus who lives in me and the God who made that promise?